Bonjour tout le monde at Ringside Crew. My name is Ashley Dambois. This is Tina San Antonio, your NYWC Scarlet Champion. This is the Savage Juggernaut, Tamaku. And you're listening to Dudes at Ringside Podcast with Joe Panther and the Metal Geek. You're watching and listening to the Dudes at Ringside Podcast, hosted by Metal Geek and Joe the Panther Jr. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the internationally known Dudes at Ringside podcast. I'm your host, Joe the Panther the Third, and now introducing to the mic from the top of Metal Mountain, all the way down to all 50 states, and the grill, hello, it's the happy heel himself, the Metkika. What's going on, Rickside Crew? What's going on, Internationally No? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Joe? I got to ask you one man. question. What? One question. Are you ready for a legendary night? Oh, I was about to say that. Are you ready? <laughs> it's going to be a legendary night. The legendary guests and a legendary name and a legendary person. You know, in between us, Geek, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot to do with me being happy with indie wrestling. What's Adam going on? Woods. What's going on? The man of the it's hour. What's up, friend? What's up, brother? <laughs> All right, let's let's give a war. Dudes at Ringside Podcast. Welcome to Larry Legend. What's hey, up, Larry? What's going on, everybody? What's up, Larry? In here. Thank you for having me on the Dudes at Ringside Podcast. Yes. What's going on, Larry? Welcome, Larry. Thank you so much for taking our. It was actually I can't remember when. When you uh, actually said yes, I can't even remember. It was like a long time ago. I know yeah, that. it may have even been last year. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been. Yeah. I don't think we did shows last year. Solid. You guys are booked, booked more solid than ROH these days. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's a cold one. <laughs> it is what it is. This is the new wave, you know, media. You know, new media, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So long there might not be any more live shows. There might only be customs. Yeah. Like uh, like our friends in Liberty, bro. Larry Legend's amazing. How, how as well as you, Metal Geek and Joe. There you go. Yes, indeed, they are. <laughs> yeah. And you already know. You're gonna know <laughs> by the name Legend. You better be amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah you gotta be all of that. So, so my we usually ask the wrestlers usually who trained you, but I'm, we're gonna start with how did you get your start in the wrestling business, Larry? Well, I was a backyard wrestler first, you know, like that game, No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 uh, for the N64. Well, me and my buddies, we used to love playing that game. And one of the parts of the game we liked the most was to create a wrestler feature. Because when you yeah. would you would go through all of those, scroll through all of those uh, moves uh, and the computer would play it over and over again. It essentially was showing you how to like do a brain buster. Like mm-hmm. what I would go on to learn is like, how you post up, you know, for any, you know, whatever, um, which was kind of like how we first started wrestling around in the backyard. And eventually just by playing the game and, you know, WWF on TV at the time, the attitude era, we just like, we're like, we're going to make our show as if we are a little mini WWF that's running in Baltimore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with as much resources as we could, camera, music, costumes, and character, my intro, my introduction into pro wrestling was like with my friends and us just kind of like 
imitating what we were seeing on TV and kind of training ourselves with the with the with the Nintendo sixty four games. Mm. Yeah. So then, after uh, you know, we kind of got a little bit older, and um, yeah. you know, people didn't want to like get in the backyard and wrestle anymore. Um, I still, I still kind of had that, you know, like I still wanted to do it. And, um, you know, every Monday I'd be watching Raw, just like what's playing in the background right now. And one Monday, um, an ad for a a pro wrestling training academy uh, came on the TV in between the regular, I guess, national commercials that were playing all around the country. There was a a local spot um, for Bone Breakers Pro Wrestling Training Academy. And um, during this local spot, there was like a voice going, have you ever wanted to step out of the crowd and into the ring? Call Bone Breakers Pro Wrestling Training Academy. Learn what it takes to become one of the superstars in the future of pro wrestling. You may have seen such voices as Lita. I was talking about all these people that they had trained. And I kind of put two and two together. And I was like, hey, well, if these guys are running commercials during Raw and they're local, they seem to kind of know what they're doing, you know, because I had never even heard of them before this. Yeah. So I just, um, as like, my peer group started to kind of mature and kind of grow out of wrestling, especially like doing it, like doing our own shows. I still wanted to like do like versions of it. So I saw the ad and I called the number and I was like, Hey, I don't necessarily want to train to be a wrestler, you know, cause I doing the backyard wrestling was just like fun, you know, like I didn't have any aspirations of like, going to WWE when I was doing the backyard wrestling, but it was fun to kind of like promote shows, the collaborative thing, you know, everybody ideas and, you know, watching it back, watching the magic that we created in the backyard back. We didn't try to sell the tapes or trade them or anything like that, but like, you know, I kind of got bit by that bug. So I called down bone breakers and the guy was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe we can uh, figure something out. Why don't you come on out and tour the school? You know, because that's what they do a lot of the times when you call one of these tro- pro wrestling training academies. They they set up a time for you to come tour the school. So um, actually, I didn't have a car at the time, but one of the guys who did, I did backyard wrestling with, Tim Bryce, he had his license and a car and just basically nothing to do a lot of the time. So I was like, yo, Tim, I'm going to I'm going to go meet with these wrestling promoters. And who knows? Who knows? You know, and I did. And they basically told me, um, yeah, we don't really have anything for someone that just wants to get involved, you know, because all it sounds like you want to do is get involved. They were like, but um, if you want to help out, what we could do is we could like um, charge you the tuition fee of a referee or a manager, you know, like um, you don't have to pay all that a wrestler would have to, but you got to pay to play because if you stick with this, we're going to connect you. Um, with a network of people that can take you very far and give you a lot of experiences that like the average wrestling fan would never have. So they were like, you know, so you got to put the money down to be a referee or a manager. And then you basically can make monthly payments as if you were learning that stuff, but really be down here to like help us with ticket sales and street teams and answering the phone, real professional sounding and, you know, I re-recorded the voicemail and like office shit, you know. Um, um, but then they kind of gave me a focus of the merch, you know, like how could we make the merch more, I don't know, appealing at the live shows? Because I went on to learn that 
part of what kept the lights on for MCW and Bone Breakers was the merchandise, the revenue they generated from the live events. And that involved like new shirts and new concepts and stuff like that. So I got involved in pro wrestling through being a backyarder, want to get that bad, seeing an ad on my TV for a local pro wrestling training school, going down there, signing up. And I wasn't even there for a whole year before they were like, Oh, you know, you have a really, you have a really great speaking voice. They were like, um, you know, our ring announcer is about to join the the paternal, uh, the state police or something. He was about to go to the police academy. Mm. Like, um, would you would you like to be the ring announcer? And I was like, I mean, I'm sure I can, but yeah, if you're offering that to me, and oh, that, look who's in the chat, Megan oh. Mason. <laughs> hey, Megan. Megan Mason. Yeah, one of my NYWCites. Yes, Megan Mason. Yeah. We had her on the podcast too. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I like any any wrestler's name that is alliterative, like Larry Legend or Megan Mason. I really those are those are my peoples, you know. <laughs> Cut from the same cloth or wig. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter if it's a wig, it's a hair, it's all on top of my head. That that's, a, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of my origin story of how I got involved in wrestling. And as with most things that I do, and I'm not just trying to say this, but I kind of excelled at being a ring announcer to the point that they were like, okay, they like you or they're reacting to you so much. We're going to make you kind of a character and kind of, you know, get you some heat ski over here and, you know, figure you into like the finish of a big match. You know, all of a sudden the ring announcer pulls Jerry Lawler's leg, like he goes to pull Jerry Lawler's leg, but he gets Billy Gunn's leg. Then Billy Gunn's going to grab you after the match is over because you cost him the match, give you the famouser, and everyone goes home happy. Um, so that's kind of like my origin story. I was, a, I was a heel ring announcer for MCW, Maryland Championship Wrestling first, and I did really well. So they were like, we got to get some stuff going behind you. So they, they developed a heel persona for me. I was kind of like, kind of like a Joel Gertner type, yeah. really like yeah. taking any opportunity to like, shit on the people like and just be like kind of a rudo um and yeah eventually after doing that for a while and being really good they they started training me to take bumps and they were like you know you're doing so good at this heel stuff somebody's got to give you your just desserts eventually we got to send the people home so that like they see you get your fat mouth shut up once in a while yeah um that's how i i first started learning bumps and yeah, and then started taking them every once in a while. But I don't like my bump card is all full. I'm not doing any more. I just turned 40. I hear after 40, it's life and death. So I'm not taking no more. Yeah. Bump. Joe is Joe is in your boat. I'm 38. And it's like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> we're, we're in the same age group right here. Grandfather could, could, it would be so proud. I'm like, no, my grandfather would be like, yeah, Randy, just be on the microphone. But I don't want to hear anything bad. Safer. Yeah, it's safer, safer to be a podcaster for now. Yeah, yeah it's safe. And people respect you more when you're when you're behind the microphone instead of like like being in the ring and then take the bump the wrong way. And you're like, okay, I remember when Joe used to walk stand normally. Now his knee is sideways because he took a like a a ring post wrong or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something, yeah. Uh, well, you got to be careful. It's got to make sense. Yeah. I'm just going out there to bump for bump sakes. 
You know, like if it's, it's, it, I, I want to be involved in like the culmination of something, the crescendo, if you will, you know? So um, if it's for like a little spot show, kind of like we were talking off the chat about Brie Combination Wrestling, one of the places I said I might be known from, I'm not doing like, you know, bye, Megan. I'm not doing out. I'm not doing nothing. Thanks, Megan. Like, thanks, for, thanks for stopping in. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, Megan. Always, always a pleasure. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, but um, I was gonna ask you, who would you say your favorite person um to announce was? Wow, that's. I guess my favorite person to announce is Ruckus, because Ruckus, uh, I remember him. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, Ruckus, like, um, you know, gave me all these rhyme couplets um, to like before I said his intro. So it was very, like I said, you know, my kind of style as a heel announcer was kind of like Joel Gertner. Well, once I got linked up with Ruckus, then I really got to get into my Joel Gertner bag, if you will. And, you know, the Jake the Snake of getting bait, the Teddy Long of hitting the bong, the Vinnie Mac of the dime sack, and the <laughs> of ooh Fuck yes. Like that was like kind of the first time that a wrestler like gave me like a bunch of things to say in addition to just like, you know, from this place weighing this much, this guy, you know, and um, that was um, by doing that is when I first got noticed by CZW, you know, because I used to be the ring announcer for Just Ruckus. Like a lot of people don't know, but I didn't go to CZW as just their ring announcer off the rip. I was just the ring announcer for the stable. Uh, the label, not the stable, blackout. Mm. Um, you know, so um, you know, so probably ruckus. And anytime that I get to announce him now in 2021, it's always very special for me because I remember announcing him in Maryland Championship Wrestling one time. It's the first time they ever heard me. He was like, dude, I gotta take you to CZW with me. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but yeah, let's go. Um, and then I would go on to go to CZW and announce him a couple times and then kind of like MCW, CZW found themselves without an announcer and they reached out to me and they were like, hey, we know you from Maryland and you used to come up and do Blackout. Can you do our whole show? And then that turned into a, like a relationship for like, I mean, damn near 10 years now, almost. I'm still associated with them. I guess I'll always be associated with them since I'm in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, even when even if I, I go a year without being there, I'm always present. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so Ruckus, um, and then also uh, AR Fox. You know, sometimes I, I build these relationships with wrestlers where they become like, you know, like more than just like a, a wrestler to me. So AR Fox, I always like to get the opportunity to announce AR Fox. It's one of my favorite ones to to call out. He has a really lit lit music. You know, like that kind of gets me pumped up. Like Masada, Masada's yeah. another one because Masada is rare. I used to see him all the time, and AR Fox for me is rare too. I used to see these guys all the time. You know, I used to announce them all the time. And then after I went to ROH, they kind of left CZW or CZW stopped using them. And then it was kind of like we were separated. But like, I remember there would be times where I got to announce there was one Cage of Death that I did, Devin Moore, one of my favorites to announce, AR Fox, one of my favorites to announce, Matt Tremont, one of my favorites to announce. And uh, Masada, um, all of them in one cage of death. And that was like a, it was a huge moment for me because also that was a cage of death where I was doing like a uh, kickboxing convention in New York earlier in the afternoon. It started at like two in the afternoon and went till six. And then um, 
Cage Death was going on that night. And, you know, I was in New York City for that. So it was like an hour away. And I was like, if I can make it, if I can make it, maybe I can do the main event. Like I can announce the main event. This wasn't scheduled. This wasn't planned. But I knew that if I just showed up, there was no way they were going to deny me. You know, there was no way that they were going to deny me the cage death. So I did. And, you know, MLJ, the current GCW ring announcer, he was the CZW announcer at the time. But I just like kind of showed up and bullied my way on the show and got to announce, you know, for the guys that I, I love to hear myself announce, you know, post show and, you know, for my better friends in the in the industry, I'd say. That, that's awesome, though. So to hear all, all these all these stories you're telling. Yeah, me. I know you yeah. said you wanted some stories. I got them all. You, yeah. you know, we can talk yeah. about, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, so who you would you say pretty much would it like be your like idol in the announcing game and the commentary game? Huh. That's a good question. Um, so I guess. In the announcing game, I got to kind of go with um, the guys who kind of got me hooked. And that's like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan, in particular, as commentators when they were paired together um, in WWF back in the day. Um, they used to always kind of get me almost more excited um, and just always like kind of laughing uh, as I was watching the action. And that's kind of like when I started to like notice that that was kind of critical to me having a good time. Like I couldn't, I couldn't watch wrestling on mute, you know, like I, and like, you know, commentators could kind of ruin it for me too. And I would not like, not like to hear, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, with the kind of like one, two, no, you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't, I like the banter between like a Jesse, Jesse Ventura and a Gorilla Monsoon. So I would probably say that those those commentators really were the ones who kind of really got me hooked, and um, probably all, also Paul Heyman, mm. just for the delivery of his of his promos. Like you know, he's not really an announcer, but a lot of the times when he does his promos, it's like he's like making like a speech. He's like doing a proclamation. Mm. So like, exactly. you know, when I would see him early on, I'd be like, wow. That guy's like, he's like riling up everything. His energy is like making this an event. The way he's dressed is making this an event, you know? Um, so yeah, Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know, and Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon and probably Paul Heyman are the, my idols in announcing. Um, and then another, another thing that I noticed, like when I used to go to live events and when I was younger, my mom would always take me to live events, my uncle. I would notice that, like, you know, the first pop of the night would be once you saw the ring announcer get into the ring. Because yep, everyone yep. was like, okay, this shit is starting. Like, there's the guy in the tuxedo. The light just went down. And it would be like a an audible, like, oh, oh, you know, like you heard everyone around you, like, oh, get ready. You know, so that that moment as well, like just experiencing that and experience how, like, like if you ever see me come out, like I react to that. And this is one of the things that I believe like uh, WWE doesn't like, but like when I come out and everyone starts popping, I, I sell for it because guess what? I'm going to feed off of that energy and it's going to help me, you know, give you more of what you came to came to see and experience. So, you know, um, yeah, like the, that moment in those announcers really kind of influenced me. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I went, 
What were you going to say? My bad. I know. No, I was just about to say, speaking of like WWE doesn't like to feed off of stuff. It's like the minute that they try to get something over, it's like the wrestlers, they're like, no, 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 no. We can't have this chant get over. We have to cut it immediately. Bruce so like, like 10, the 10 chant, the 10 chant. That's another one, yeah. It's like he was over. He, like the, the whole arena was chanting 10, 10. And then he's like, okay, we're going to cut it, put put you on main event or something. You know what it and is? It's like, it's like we can never have nice things. Not, like exactly. We can never have nice things because, like, I don't know, I guess we'd be out of control or some shit. Like, I don't know. Like, you think they're all going to go nuts in the crowd and everybody's Yeah, gonna... like, we're going to, like, start raping. Well, I shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean. Like, pandemonium. Like, it's, that's what pretty much AEW is. Okay, it's it's getting over. Let's bring it up to even. It's not a 10. Let's bring it up to 11. Let's right. bring it up to a 13. Let's bring it up to a 15. But Let's keep course, going. Of course, like, because of, like, licensing and all of that stuff, it's like you can't just turn. Yeah, there's another one right there. Right, yeah. And one fall. <laughs> I react to it. It's a great thing. I, I feel like David Adams, one of my, uh, you know, ring announcing colleagues from the New York scene, I feel like he's the one that really, like, started the one fall, one fall, you know? like Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because you're part of it. Yep. Your voice is heard, and you're part of like making me happy, and I want to make you happy, and let's just have a love fest. Yes. As a kid being raised in Long Island, raised in Central Islip, going to the garden with my dad, and I'm a, a as most people would say, I'm a spoiled older wrestling fan. Hearing "Welcome to the Jungle" and seeing the Fink walk down the aisle, like, and I always do the the Fink voice really like spot on. Like everybody freaks out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Madison Square Garden. And here we go. Go, 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 go. Word. Spot on. Yeah. That's like my childhood hearing him go, Welcome to Madison. Like announcing Madison. Like, ugh. Like, yeah. And the crowd swelling around it. It's almost like when you hear it, you also hear that, you know, you know, like everyone getting pumped. And that's that's what it is. We need that. Yeah, like that's my first show I ever went to at the garden was seeing Fink walk down the aisle, and I'm like, Dad, who's that guy? Because oh, yo, you're you're not. I'm not of the prim. As a kid, we didn't have the money to sit ringside. I of wish course, yeah. I was halfway up, but I could see him walking down the aisle and hearing "Welcome to the Jungle." I'm like, yay. And like hearing him announce in the that show, the, that show is on the WWE thing. I don't know if they still have the MSG shows. First match, I can never forget this first match. Haku versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That was the first match of the night. That sounds like a true banger. Oh, it was, I, I, I went back and because, you know, as a kid, the videotapes don't always start on time. Yeah. So my tape always started with, Haku with Ricky with a head in a headlock, and I w- and then my friend let me borrow his network password back in the day, and I'm like, and it started with the music, and I was like, you mean the match didn't start with Ricky in a headlock? Oh yeah, my childhood is ruined. Yeah, your dreams were kind of crushed there, weren't they? <laughs> Little Randy's like, what? but I was there. Yeah, so, like watching it back, I'm like, oh yeah, headlock. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> But yeah, like 
going to shows as a kid than differently going home and then tell your friends in school the next day. It's kind of hard because there's back in the day there was no internet. Right. House show is a house show. Nobody was there to yeah. see what just happened. Like were you there when were you there when Diesel took the belt from Bob Backlund? You know what? I don't no, I didn't go to that one. But I was at a few it was like of the, the day after there. Christmas, wasn't it? Or like I think it was. Yeah. But yeah. Just, I know they filmed it because you know Backlund lost the title. Yeah. There's a lot of shows that I went to that I, I I never got a chance to look back and remember the dates that it was, but they had that one show I went to because I went I watched all them MSG shows. Like, nope, wasn't at that one. Nope, I don't remember that match. Nope, I don't remember that match. Because remember, the MSG shows were filmed and then they aired them. Didn't I think they aired them like On the MSG the- network? Yeah, yeah. The MSG yeah. network. I I remember the MSG network, and sometimes you could get you could get ECW. You yeah. ECW on the MSG network as well. So I never knew how that was, but I didn't care. I just used to take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, like the announcer in that moment, in that moment that you can remember asking your dad, who was Howard Finkel? Yeah. Is one of the critical pieces of wrestling that I hope never goes away. Yeah. I hope that never goes away because um, that's what makes it wrestling. Yeah. You know? That's what makes it wrestling. And I feel like um, it even is kind of what makes it boxing. And it's kind of what makes it UFC. Like, you know, Michael Buffer, you know, uh, what's his brother's name? Bruce Buffer, you know, and like kind of like the it's time, guys. You know, it's about to go down. That's what it says on my T-shirt. It's about to go down. Do you see when you see the announcer? Oh, here we go. It's yeah. for them to ring the din- dinner bell and for us to eat. Yeah, yeah that and that and when the lights go off, you know it's it's game time. Yeah, right you there. know, yeah, it's like murmuring. It's like yeah, you start to hear that collective, and that's the thing I I said at the beginning when we first started talking that like the new wave might be customs, but I don't know how how much people are going to want to be around one another in this day and age in the the age that we're living in right now. I don't know how much people are going to want to be like kind of like screaming a lot like breathing in each other's air and screaming into like enclosed areas and you know yeah. a few years ago we didn't really think twice about that you know like a few years ago we didn't think twice about it now it's kind of like i don't know if i want to go to mania unless it's going to be in a big open thing yeah you know, like we're show like and if- that and the tickets are ridiculously overpriced i'm like because they missed out on all the money Yep. Last year, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Five hundred dollars yep. for a two-day pass—that's a lot of money, right there. If it was two fifty, yeah. if it was two fifty for a, a two-day pass, that's a little different. You're asking for two hundred and fifty dollars for one night of WrestleMania. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. getting their money. Yeah, I told Geek. I said, Geek, we're—I'm not going to be able to go to Mania because. With the way it's going on right now, and my mom's like kind of like hesitant to send me off to Texas by myself. Well, geek, but by myself, they don't afraid something's gonna happen. And with the pandemic still going on, it's even more like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like, but I would have loved to go, like, represent dudes at ringside at WrestleMania because that, that's WrestleMania. Like and hang out stickers and everything. Yeah, I would have to geek. You know how many stickers I would have to get? I would have to have a backpack full of stickers. Like, 
Colin, just make me a thousand stickers. Randy? That's it. That's it. A thousand. <laughs> just just start giving them out. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. That's it. Yeah, right? it's advertisement, you know, but yeah. now people don't want to touch, you know? Yeah. And um and and it might not be the era to be so touchy feely. Yeah. But, you know. And maybe we can like sort of level this thing off and then get back to business as usual. I feel like if we just all were a little bit more disciplined and just was like, you know, I'm just going to chill. We're just going to chill. Then we might be able to get back and do it bigger and better than we ever have. Yeah. Like it's sort of sad that like with the way the world is, people are not listening and saying, maybe we should hold off a little longer. Oh, uh, you know, they, they just want to have fun. Yeah. You know, everybody just wants to have fun. So. Yeah. So, I'm, never, I'm scared. <laughs> like, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought it was okay. It's okay, Larry. Like, I want to go out and go to show. Like, last summer, me, me and Metal Geek went to our first wrestling show for NYWC. Our first show together since WrestleMania 35. And we went there. Unann- like, it was like un- almost like an unannounced thing. We went. We told them we we're coming. We got there early just because I'm the type of guy I like to get the places early so I could get my feet wet because I haven't been to an NYWC show. I wanted to see the wrestlers, see if I know anybody's faces. Only one I knew was Dickie. And that's when we met men by Jesus. And we met Lizzie yeah. and we met a bunch of other people. But like they kind of welcomed us in with like open arms. They said, okay, here's your tickets. Take your, whatever seats you want and just do whatever. Just don't funny business. But like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Get there early and do that. But after the show, I thought they were going to tell us, okay, bye, guys. No, the wrestlers were hugging us. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's make an effort. Like the kid that, the kid that didn't want to hug, shake that girl's hand that had the, 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 the booger in her nose. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The wrestlers are huggers. Yeah. Especially after they wrestle. Yes, they are. <laughs> Geek knows. He's like, like he looked at me like I was an idiot. I had to look that face like the girl that wants to shake your hand with the booger in her nose. Like, you're like, ew. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. If you ever are around NYWC, you got to remember that's a homegrown family of yeah. folk. So if you're hanging around, yeah. and you're one of them. Yeah. I, I understand that. Like a motor club. Yeah. Like yeah. Brotherhood is NYWC. But I got freaked out because they were all I know what I'm talking about. All the guys are sweaty. That's what I was like. Uh, a little sweat never hurt anybody. What it felt what like. You know when you, you hug a girl and she took, or a person that comes out of the pool and they're all wet? That's what you felt like. You, like you're, 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 you're you don't like that slime? Yeah, it's like you've been slimed. Yeah. yeah. I like <laughs> it. Nice. Like, I, I just I hugged, I just, I just hugged uh, Joel Ma- Maximo of the SATs, and he's like, it was the end of the match, and he was like, on cloud nine, and I was in my t- my suit, you know, like, I was hot too, you know, because I was doing the whole show, you know, and I'm running around filming stuff, so like, I was dripping a little bit by the end of it, and he's dripping a lot by the end of it, <laughs> couldn't help himself but to hug me and be like, Larry, I love you. And he kissed the side of my head and he's like, oh God, I'm so sweaty. And I'm like, it's all right, Joel. I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have their own, they have their own promotion now, which is awesome, though. Yeah. They have to We've been trying true. to get in contact with them for a long time. We want to get <laughs> SNTs on here so bad. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, I, I can arrange that. Ooh. <laughs> 
they're doing their damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Not they're only still, they're super busy. They're correct too. What's up? I said not only the SAT, but the Amazing Red as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. actually have to find the picture. I'll have to send you the picture later in my book. There's a picture of, isn't that with you, Geek, with Larry, with um, with uh, Amazing Red, or is that our, bu our buddy that's in the chat? Uh, he was, that's our buddy that was in the chat. He, our buddy uh, in the chat is. took a picture with Amazing Red when he was, like, super young. He had the dreadlocks, and he was all, like, with the title belt from NYU. Yeah. I'm just so... <laughs> I'm so happy he's back though, and he still got it too. He still got it. He's, he's never lost his body. You yeah. know, he was doing that one thing. I guess th two years ago, motion capture for WWE, the game, and he hurt himself. I think he broke like his what is this femur? He mm. broke, crushed that, and it was such a bad experience for him because. I'm pretty sure that after he got finished doing that motion capture, he was going to be in the first Cruiserweight Classic. Oh, man. But doing the motion capture injury that had him out for like six to eight months. And after that, I think he's been super selective about what he does. Just imagine if he was in that Classic, dude. Just imagine. He would have killed it right there. He would have killed it. Yeah. I would have made him win. It's amazing <laughs> red. <laughs> yeah. He's one of my... Um, I'm, He's one of the first people that made an impact on me when I, my early days at MCW, um, just kind of seeing the way that these guys got into cars and drove for hours to get shows, kill it on the show, maybe make a little bit of money, but then because you kill it on the show, everybody comes over to your table at the end of the show when they're leaving and they're like, oh my God, here, I just want to give you money. Are you coming back? Are you going to have this shirt the next time in my size? I'll take it anyway, this size, because I just love you. You know, they kind of, I learned the hustle, the early, the early mechanics of the hustle of like, you know, going to shows that were going to be packed where people were going to have a lot of this and then going back up or driving back home with, you know, a few extra hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, and luckily, or fortunate, or if you're fortunate enough, you can have that same ride the next night. You can do a Friday, Saturday, and do it twice. You know, and hopefully get someone to ride drive you the second time if you get yourself there the first one. But you know, that's kind of like the story of my my world as it is as a, as an announcer to this day. But I learned or saw that first from guys like Joey Matthews, Christian York, the SATs, Matt Stryker, Chris Devine. You know, um, uh, uh, Quiet Storm and The Amazing Red, Reckless Youth. You know, all of these guys who are kind of the, the the last of the journeymen. Adam Flash, you know, Doomsday Danny Rose and stuff. And now it's like, I just feel like there's a kind of a formula to becoming a new star. Maybe yeah, he is with House of Glory right now. I know yeah. about his injury. I hope it wasn't, I hope it was the motion capture for W2K20 because that is gone shit. That game was trash bag. I heard, I heard. I don't think it was for 20 WWE 2K20. I think this injury happened like in 2018, when, 2017, whenever the Cruiserweight Classic first happened. Because remember they did the May Young Classic, yeah, Classic, and you know, Tag Team Invitational, whatever. That with the first one, Red was going to be in it. I don't know if he's going to win, but he was going to be in it. But doing the motion capture for whatever game he was working on, he injured his. Is what it, maybe it was the leg. I don't know. Don't quote me on it, but that's what happened. And ever since then, he's been very selective about like 
doing shows. And I believe he'll only do shows these days now for House of Glory, which is his promotion. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, can you imagine him versus Bushi? Amazing White oh versus Bushi. Dude. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. If that match were to happen in the Cruiserweight Classic. I tell you one thing, I'm I'm super jelly because he doesn't do any other shows, so I don't get to announce him because David Adams is the announcer for House of Glory, and David Adams, I'm the one that kind of, uh, wow, Amazing Red versus Jody Fleisch. I, it yeah, I think it did happen. Impact, I think, right? Early I think impact. It did. I think early our, our Ring of Honor. I think it was. Yeah, early. they had to have gone by now. Yeah. And so, uh, what was sorry? I know. Whenever there's a, on, a a little bit of a pause, I feel like I should say something. But you guys yeah. host the show. I'll just like, out of all the out of all the matches you and shows you've announced at, which is the favorite match you've ever you, you've seen physically so far? I guess um, that I've seen uh, probably when Masada. When Masada first came to CZW from Big Japan Pro Wrestling, and it was Masada versus Danny Havoc in the goddamn gusset plate death match. Um, it just had a huge impact on me because I had never seen Masada before. And this was like, you know, CZW used to be known for bringing in guys, like bringing in big time death match stars from Japan, Mexico, Germany. And like, um, I. I kind of like the feeling of not knowing those guys or not having followed them, but just experiencing them for the first time. And the first time Masada came over and fought Danny Havoc, a lot of the matches that I've been a part of that have had big impacts on me have been with Danny Havoc, actually. Another one was my first, uh, well, not my first, my second cage of death was main evented by Danny Havoc versus Sammy Callahan in the 2300 arena. And that was a pretty... It's a pretty significant match and kind of gave me the goosebumps as I was doing the intros during the match and the finish. Um, so yeah, those are, those have been some of my favorite times. And then also I got to mention um, when I happened to, you know, make a cameo in that movie, the wrestler, which also oh, yeah. ties back to my, my time with CZW because, um, you know, I just was the CZW announcer while they were filming that scene and they didn't have an announcer for the movie. So they just asked me like, Hey, we know you're the announcer of CZW. Would you mind doing some announcing for our movie? And I was like, am I going to be credited? It's funny. I didn't ask them, am I going to be paid? I said, am I going to be credited? And they were like, yeah, we'll see what we can do. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'll be your announcer. So that made like me going there to do a CZW show, which is typically about three hours. It turned into more of like a seven hour show because you know, they were filming the movie before we actually started the CZW show. I think the CZW show started at one in the morning or something because mm. we wow. were doing all the filming for the wrestler, something wow. like that. Or we didn't, I don't know. It was so long ago, but that that's, that's gotta be one of my favorite announcements because that was, um that was kind of like the first time my, my voice was heard like globally. And I'll never forget. They, they played the trailer. They played, they played the trailer for the movie, the wrestler uh, at WrestleMania before Chris Jericho fought Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and um, Roddy Piper and uh, Superfly Jimmy Snooker. They played the trailer. And my best friend Craig, I was living in New York at the time, he messaged me and he was like, well, you just made your WrestleMania debut. 
And I was like, I wasn't watching it. I wasn't watching Mania. I was like, I don't know, hanging out, being a New Yorker. And I was like, what? And he's like, yep, they just played the trailer of The Wrestler before this match. And if anybody has seen the trailer for that movie, The Wrestler, you know how it starts. You just hear like a crowd like going, and then you hear a true American hero, Randy, a Ram Robinson. And that, that is my voice. So That's in a awesome. Way, yeah, in a way, even though I wasn't physically there, I didn't see a dime more money from that cameo besides the regular pay I got from doing a CZW show that night. It was kind of cool to like have been everyone who was watching WrestleMania, unless they went to go piss or were like, oh, I don't want to see the, the build up promo video to this match and left the room. Everybody kind of heard my voice that year at Mania. So um, that's got to break up there also with one of my favorite like announcements that I've ever done. Because the night when they asked me if I'd be the announcer, I never knew that that movie would go on to so much success that they would like tie it into WWE, like and be like have the trailer and Mickey Mickey Warp jumping in the ring, punching Jericho at the end, and you know who, who knew that that night when I did that 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 would go all the way, have that those long of legs on it. So yeah, yeah, you never know. I, I, I was at, and I was I was at the show the following month actually. The one when Jericho faced Ricky Steamboat. Oh, okay. The backlash. The backlash, yeah. The yeah. problem on that was in Providence. Uh, that that show was absolutely awesome. Oh yeah, because I remember, you know, he kind of washed up Snuka and Piper with ease, you know, and um, then when he got Steamboat, Steamboat, the last one that he fought at that, you know, the Mania, he like gave him the business, and people were like, whoa. Steamboat can still go, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, he can still go, and people want to see him still go. Yeah. You know? And that's, you know, real quick, that's, that's, um, with the ever so spiffy, how many times did you have to rehearse for that? I, I was born rehearsing. I was, born, <laughs> I was born rehearsing. So I guess as many times as it took for me to be the right man in the right place at the right time. To be credited third from the bottom, Larry Legend, CZW announcer. That's how many times I had to run a sport. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it was awesome. I didn't even know where I was going with all of that. You never know. You never know where who's going to hear your voice and go. That's right. That's what, thank you. Thank you so much, yeah. Joe Panther. You, you, ne- you never know. Never know. You never know who's watching this podcast right now. They could yeah. be in the net. And then now, and they'd be like, it could be a WWE top exec right now watching yeah, a podcast. Probably. I mean, Raw's going on. So what better would they have to do than watch me on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Got me thinking. I'm fixing the stash. I'm like, you mean I could be Joe the Panther the Third inducting my grandpa on TV? Maybe. We, we we got in contact with WWE a few times getting grandpa inducted, and they didn't even it didn't even return our phone call. Well, you know the thing about it is, is you got to know somebody. Yeah, you gotta know somebody. You know how yeah. many times? You know how many times people said, "Yeah, I know a famous person" or this and that, and be like, "Okay, that's nice," you know? Yeah, yeah. You're watching, watching now, and, yeah. Well, thank you. Great. The power. Thanks for the support, Adam. By the way, yeah, the power of three. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Geek. Another wrestling on the wrestling podcast. Me, you, and Larry right there doing a podcast. The three greats. Oh, my God. The, the, the three greats. Golden. Yeah. 
Oh, you know what another another one of my favorite announcements was when I got to announce on the Price is Right. Oh, I was on the Price is Right, and uh, Drew Carey, he asked me, um, hey, he was like, hey. So he, I got up on stage, and he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I work part-time retail, and I moonlight as a pro wrestling ring announcer. And Drew Carey's like, oh, man, give us a little bit of your ring announcing, like as if me and George are about to fight here. And I um I did that and I totally forgot the announcer's last name because I'm like I'm 40. So the announcer from the price is right that I remember is Rod Roddy. Okay, some more alliteration for you there, Rod Roddy. You know, but I didn't I don't know, I didn't know George Gray's last name. So um, but that was like really funny and also kind of like the WrestleMania little cameo. It was like uh it was like one of the, the biggest or most amazing times that I got to like announce, not thinking that I'm going to go on the Price is Right, called up on the stage and then talk to Drew Carey about the fact that I'm a pro wrestling ring announcer. Yeah, and then he's going to yeah. be like, "Do it," you know. Hold yeah. on, I'm going to put it in the chat, y'all. I'll link y'all to it. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you put it in, the, you can put it in the private chat. I could actually show it on the screen. Oh, wait, never mind. I'll get flagged for that. <laughs> uh, you like flagging? <laughs> yeah, this podcast will get flagged so fast. It's funny. Me and uh, me and Geek are starting a. Uh, are actually speaking of starting another podcast tomorrow. Me and Geek start our adventure with our movie podcast, Popcorn. We love movie. Yeah, we love movies so much. You know, as yes. much as we love wrestling. So our first episode is about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, I'm. I want to see that. See it, Larry. It is beautiful. It is so heartfelt, and if all I'm going to say is, if you ever lost somebody you love really a lot, and you think they're gone, that's all I'm going to say. Sounds like it might be a tearjerker. Oh God, yes. My, I was sitting there in the theater on Thursday before the day before the movie, sitting there like this. <laughs> a certain part, a certain part. I was like, my dad's like, big tough former CEO looking at me, going. And I have a mask on. I'm like, yes, dad. <laughs> Sitting there blubbering in a flight suit in the middle of a theater in the middle of Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, at least you still have your dad to share that moment with, you know? Yeah. But he, and it's funny, my dad's not the big fan of like Ghostbusters, but he saw it and he was like, you know what? That was a good movie. I was like, what you just oh my god it's really <laughs> i had geek when we had no show i said geek go on a movie night with the mod go see ghostbusters he's like what should i say ghostbusters he's like i knew you were gonna say ghostbusters and i'm like it's ghostbusters because you're gonna like it i'm like okay see it and tell me what you thought after the fact and he saw it he's like that was really good <laughs> yeah the last thing i saw was halloween kills I heard that's pretty good. I heard some. I mean, it's it a little wacky, but if you're going to see Halloween Kills at the movies, you know to expect some wackiness. Yeah, totally. You know, and also the other reason why you need to see Ghostbusters Afterlife is because it was the number one movie in America, and it's still going loopy loops. It's still fl flying around like Jimmy Schnooker in the '90s. Because, oh boy, Joe, we have whole, we have tomorrow to talk about this. That's how much it made. Wham! Look at that. 
Wow. Yeah. Joe, yeah. Joe, save some content for tomorrow, buddy. I'm sorry I know. I'm still going to have content for tomorrow, <laughs> Geek. Don't, don't be hating. Don't be hating. We're going to have a whole show dedicated to Ghostbusters tomorrow. So. I know. My life My life is finally going to be good because it's funny. I do this with Geek, and then I do a wrestling a Ghostbusters, all Ghostbusters show on my Ghostbusters YouTube channel, Ghost Head Talk Podcast. It would be just Ghost Head Talk, but I said, we talk a podcast on it. It's like killing yeah, yeah, Shuka was killing it, he, uh, killing it and killing it. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Keep Shuka happy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so, dead. So, so, yeah. So, Larry, what if you could pick a, a favorite match from Ring of Honor? Which one would you pick? I mean, of all time or during the time that I was there? I guess all time. All, all, all time. All time. Boy, that's hard. Because uh, I can tell you mine right off the bat. What's yours? I'm going to say Joe versus Kabashi, probably the greatest match of Ring of Honor history. That was pretty good. Um, I might have to go with. Ah, there's so many. There's so many. I want to go with Nigel. Yeah. I want to go with Nigel Danielson, but I think with I'm going to have to be I think I'm going to have to be more partial to when I was there. Like yeah. when I was there, you know. So I'll go with um El Generico versus Steen Ladder War 3. Mm. Yeah. The farewell when Generico left for uh, NXT when he went to Florida, like his last match. Yeah. Mine would have to be my yeah. very first match I ever saw with Geek. It's so, with it, uh, CM Punk versus Joe, right? That's that's my that's buddy. Probably, that's probably the two greatest, one of the greatest Ring of Honor matches of all time, right there. CM Punk. Would you say Joe Kobayashi? Joe Kobayashi is probably Joe versus Kobayashi is probably my favorite, but my favorite live. Seeing it's probably Joe versus Punk. That made me laugh so hard because I was my first react uh, being around the Ring of Honor fans, and then when they and that when they put on CM Punk's theme, and that one guy in the crowd yelled the longest theme, longest entrance ever. I was like, "What the?" And I started laughing. Geeks like, "That's just us ROH fans." Yeah, <laughs> ROH is really an experience. Well, it used to be. Yeah, that's the sad reality. But it's used to be like it kind of like was the same energy as ECW. Once ECW was gone, now a lot of people say CZW because it was in the twenty three hundred arena. It was in the ECW arena. It had the energy of ECW. But I I really feel that like ROH really kind of picked up the pieces and kind of ran with the the shattered ball. Of ECW once they were no more. The pop uh, basketball, it's, it's not even bouncing. You're just like the ball is not even bouncing. It's just like flat, and you're trying to bounce. You know, you know the basketball you find on the side of the side when you're walking home. Find that flat, half flat basketball. You're just trying to bounce it, and it's just, and it hits the ground, and it is half bounced. <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never found one on the side of the road while I'm walking home, but I have encountered half empty basketballs that I've tried to bounce, and when you throw it down, it doesn't bounce, it just goes 
Yeah, that's that's me when CI I would find like basketballs half flat and I'm like, should I try to bounce it? I will. Yeah. It's oh, fine. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, Did you so, sent you? Yeah, it's only Yeah, so we'll watch it later because I don't want to get we can watch it after because I don't want to get flagged right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do that. We'll uh, watch it afterwards. Stay around so we can watch our bunch of clips together. <laughs> I will. Cool. Yeah. Okay, Geek, what's next? Go ahead, Joe. I already asked about Ray um, Do you Do you collect anything? Souls. Ah, okay. <laughs> the souls of the children give me strength. <laughs> I'll have to open my containment unit. You'll like those souls. They, they, lots of them in there. Always room for more. The, okay. the shattered ball of East is a great t-shirt idea. Pro wrestling tees. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would, it's going to be like, Reaping me the benefits right now is I, I get all the credit. <laughs> it is hashtag on the thing too. Hashtag ECW. I saw that Woods. I saw that. He's <laughs> hashtag pro wrestling tees. No. That's cool. <laughs> Woods, no. <laughs> we had nothing wrong with pro wrestling tees, but we have we had one wrestler that's from Boston that Geek knows of, and. Uh, you he you say pro wrestling tees and he just does the uh, slow head shake like <laughs> don't go on that website I'm like <laughs> don't go on the website yeah go on go on uh mon pa shop websites and I'm like I was I I was about to like well you like, know what you know what I don't shake my head at it but all my shirts are that way all my uh, shirts are like. You got to go to for to me directly. I've got to speak with you. We got to do business. It's not about like go check out on Amazon. And I feel they that take, it's they take too long to real that way. Oh God, yeah, they take too long to ship. If I get an order <laughs> for one of my shirts, it's going in the mail the next day. Yeah. That's just how how important it is for me that you're repping my brand. Like, am I going through no like? Oh yeah, let's get through all those orders that came in on last Monday. Get them out before Friday. No, get them out. Yeah, you want your friend. You want to see the picture on their Instagram page two days later, all excited, like. You or their I mean? Twitter today. The, the one that I got shared with me was from Twitter. I don't like it when people just show the shirt. I like when they're in the shirt. That's and me. Like they're in the shirt and they're making the same pose that I'm making on the front of this. Exactly. Those are, those are those are the real legions. Those are the real legions of legends. They're the ones who hit the Larry Legend pose when they're wearing the official Larry Legend. It's about to go down T-shirt. You should see my 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 Instagram page when I when I got the shirt from Savannah Summers, the, the black shirt I showed you. Oh, did, like, did you hit her pose? Oh, you did. I would that would be legendary if you because I saw that shirt. She was kind of doing like a butterfly thing. Yeah, yeah. Butterfly wings that she has. I did the thumbs ah. up because it's me. I'm Joe with the thumbs up. I tried not to get you just, so you could see the logo like that. Right, okay. Well, I expect to see you in my shirt when I send it your way. Oh, I'm gonna wear yeah. it and pose it. And What's your pose, it? Larry? So we could so we could do your pose when we, when you get the shirt. Well, on the front of, on the front of the shirt, I'm just standing there like I'm presenting. Yeah. Like I'm just standing there like I'm presenting. Like I'm presenting this ass. Okay, you know. So yeah. <laughs> you just do the best replica replication of the pose on the shirt that I'm hitting when you get it and you you post it on social media. You, you remember this. This time, when you get a shirt, take a picture in it, man. Well, well that's what I'm saying. Some people are shy. So they'll, yeah. they'll just take a picture of the shirt that's arrived on their bed. And I, I appreciate that. 
and yeah. I share it. He said, uh, but I like it said, when you're in it. He said, Larry's eye for marketing is great. No. Would you ever consider booking a show? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, people always, people always came up to it. People I've never seen anyone up. have fun booking a show ever once. Not one time in my career have I ever seen someone having fun when they booked a show ever. So, no, I would not book one. It's not fun. I want to be able to have fun and say juicy hot dogs and doing all my little shticks and stuff like that is fun. I can have fun doing that. Not with people coming up to me, asking me about like this and asking me, can this guy do that? And ask it. No, no, you guys can do that. All of the promoters that have gray hairs now and are looking all crazy now, they can continue booking shows. I'm good on that. You you have no idea how many people came up to me and Joe and said you guys should just start a wrestling promotion or something like that. I can't do that. I'm, I'm, like five I'm, or six I'm, people told us that. I'm like, you are stupid. You, you're no. you're crazy, man. You're crazy. Ah. I'm not. I'm not starting no promotion. Nobody. You know nobody, has, nobody has a good time doing it. And guess what? Very few people make money doing it. Very few people make money. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I don't make a lot of money, but I like being able to leave with. I like being able to leave in the green. And many promoters yeah, that exactly. I, I in the red, they take baths, big baths. Exactly. Everyone has a good time. Tylenol gets paid. Sell your merch, but guess what? Now I got a five thousand dollar overhead that I gotta figure out how I'm gonna get this all taken care of. You know, so no, I'm I'm good on that. Yeah, exactly. I see. I see. Um, sorry. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, I see all these promoters. They always say, like they run out either run out of business. They say, oh, maybe that wasn't such a smart idea. Or something like that, and I'm like, yeah. right. I have I have hoodies, but I have hoodies, but they're all sold out. It's like also bookers are often bald and importantly, it doesn't matter of their gender. <laughs> That's funny. It's true. That's <laughs> true. Woods is awesome. So <laughs> he's an awesome guy. Yeah, he's one of our podcast fam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are you are you a gamer, Larry? I used to be, but um, you know, after a while, I got kind of jaded by the replay value of the games that come out. Like it's kind of like you're on to the next one so quickly that you don't really get a chance to experience like just getting through a game. And then also, I find that the games nowadays, the more of the get is like the online play and not necessarily like the actual game. Like so, I just I just fell out of it. I'm not. I don't game as much anymore. The last game that I played was Smash Brothers, the one for the Switch. I played that pretty, pretty hardcore for a year, but not anymore. I'm stuck on 2019. I, as I geek was talking about 2020, uh, WWE 2K20, I told, I find it was horrible and all the glitches. My dad's like, "Oh, what do you want for Christmas, Randy?" I was like, "Uh, MLB the Show at the moment, 2019 or whatever." And he was like, "Really?" You don't want the WWE game? I said, Dad, there's so many glitches in it. I'm afraid it would make my system explode. (laughs) Or, I don't know. I was so scared. I was like, I don't want to have any glitches on my PlayStation. I don't want to make myself or my grandfather and have his face half turned into a zombie. No. (laughs) That's not fair to me or my grandfather. No. Because every year I would make myself and my grandfather in the game. Every year. I'd make it crazy and Joe Quinones. Every year. Joe Panther, you're a wild boy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Every year. And no then I'm like, Do you have pets who are friendly and love your furry friends? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's our mod. She you, always asks. Yeah, yeah. She asks if you, if you have any pets or anything. Gaming is becoming like wrestling, where game developers are shilling their shilling to their mark. I mean, gamers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, whatever happened to the game, you could pick up and play and continue to play it. And like, it wasn't about like, up oh, that bubblegum flavor's gone. Time for a new flavor. Yeah, it's like when you play the Madden games. It, it's always the same. Run, run, kick the ball. Oh, game is tied. You, there's no new stuff in the video games. He's like, didn't like back in the day they would update the old games used to update and you would get new stuff or whatever, like a computer game, like you would update stuff. Now yeah. it's, it's just bland. It's obsolete. It's saying you know, it's obsolete. Other thing about gaming too that it just distracts you so much from like things that you could be doing. You know, like you could be doing things like podcasting you know and i just felt like i was a slave to the game like just because i bought it and i had to play it because i had to get my money's worth and guess what i didn't have to buy it in the first place i was just trained um but we're coming up on the top of an hour right now i'm wondering do you guys have any other specific questions that we can talk about because um um do you have any questions you have any stories from ring your time really in, with ring of honor like that you, you can talk about like yeah. your thoughts on What's going on with them? Do you have any like that? Um, the entire time that I was with Ring of Honor, I felt like there was a never-ending battle between Hunter, who is Delirious, the booker, and Sinclair Broadcast Group, which was the owners, about like what capacity I could be utilized best in. Now, Delirious wanted me to do a lot of things like bumpers and be the announcer at the house shows and do the live events trivia and stuff. But Sinclair Broadcast Group, the parent company of Ring of Honor, kind of wanted me to be more of like a corporate guy. You know, they wanted me to kind of be more like one of one of them. But you see, I came from the kind of indie scene, and that's where Delirious knew me from. So that's where he wanted to leverage a lot of the things that he saw me do in different companies in Ring of Honor. It's just that there was always kind of like a constant battle of, well, what are we paying him for? is what it kind of broke down to. Like, well, what are we paying him for? Like, is he here to do this? Like, hey, guys, the Young Bucks are downstairs. Go meet them. Hey, let's play Ring of Honor trivia. Or is he there to, like, you know, respond to emails for the online store and, like, you know, process applications for the the tryout seminars and things like that? So I think ultimately that's why my time with them came to a, a kind of an abrupt start stop after I was there for about four years um but it's all good because shortly after that door closed i got inducted into the czw hall of fame and then i started announcing for them again until you know the new version of czw that's out and um you know you always have to be able to take the uh the negatives and the positives and like sort of neutralize everything that's going on in your universe um and that's that's kind of what my time with roh was but stories i guess I guess my favorite time with Ring of Honor was my last tour was the Global Wars tour. It was Buffalo, New York, um, Pittsburgh, PA, um, uh, not Cincinnati, but what was the uh, Cleveland, Ohio? Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. Or was it Columbus? It was Columbus, Ohio and uh, Chicago. It was those four towns. And um, ROH that time decided since we had all the New Japan guys with us. I had to just get a long tour bus. So um, from 
Buffalo, we did the tour bus to Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh, we did it to Columbus. From Columbus, we did it to Chicago. And then we flew out of Chicago back to our respective wherevers. And it was just kind of wild for me to be on a tour bus with Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, uh, you know, Harry Smith, uh, Marty Skrull, Trent, Chuck Taylor, like just, I mean, a who's who. Um, and like here I was on the bus with all of these personalities, uh, Toro Yano, uh, Tanahashi, like all on a massive tour bus, bip, bop, bip, bip, bip into like different towns. And there were a couple guys like, I'll spill the tea, you know, the Young Bucks and Cody, they like rode in their own Tahoe with I think like Rocky Rivera or someone like that, more office-like, you know, and a couple other, you know, ROH office guys rode in that. But I was like, no, 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 I'll go on the bus because that's going to be kind of like roughing it, you know, like kind of like doing the doing the haul and not only doing the haul with like guys that I know from the States, but doing it like with international guys that are on tour with us, you know, so excursion is yeah. what they call it. So that was kind of neat. So and that was my last thing that I ever did with ROH. So it was kind of was like a nice little way to close the chapter on my time as Larry Mercer, the backstage correspondent, live events host for ROH was doing like a maybe not so glamorous experience, but still, you know, doing it. Yeah. yeah. And I um, want to say, do you have any upcoming shows, Larry? Or uh... So uh, tomorrow, I mean, it's not a show, but tomorrow, well, I guess it is. Tomorrow, um, I'm going to go film season two of The Masked Wrestler that'll be on IWTV. So season one was a monumental success. I remember it was kind of cool last year. It used to come on right after AEW. So like the conversation on Twitter would be all like AEW this, AEW that. And then after AEW went off, it was like everyone would watch The Mass Wrestler and you would see the conversation start to hashtag The Mass Wrestler, Mass Wrestler, Mass Wrestler. So I don't know when it's going to air on IWTV and I don't know like if it'll kind of be sort of the tail end of another show, which was smart the first time around, but it was an award-winning show first season and um, it was great to be a part of, and I'm so glad that they're having me back, but I'll be going to do that um, tomorrow and then the next day. And um, then I got one last show of the year on December 30th. It's called MCW last call. So over the years, being with Maryland Championship Wrestling, there's been a lot of times where, just as it will be, we lose the building. You know, the building that we've been in and we have such a long legacy and we lost. And that's happened again. I've been in wrestling for almost 20 years, started with MCW, and over those 20 years, I've seen MCW have to leave this building, that building, you know, and have kind of like the last call show, the final hurrah show of Michael's 8th Avenue or wherever MCW was being, you know, their home base. And Almost 20 years in, the story's still the same. So on December 30th, we are going to close out the MCW Arena in Joppa, Maryland for MCW, last call, already signed to appear. AEW's Brian Cage, AEW's The Acclaimed of Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, and I believe some other surprises will be there, and I'll be there. So anybody watching this that's in the Maryland, Delaware, Virginia metro, and you're thinking you want to see a great show the day before New Year's Eve, Come on out for MCW's The Last Call, December 30th in Joppa. And then on to 2022 and the shows that I got then. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on, Larry. You didn't even have to come on, but we we really appreciate you. Oh, you booked me. You booked me well in advance. Like, like, remember, like, 
I got like five dates and they, I got these dates. I don't even remember. It must've been like in the summer and they were all for like December and November. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, you guys are booked out. So. Yeah, man. We're booked until next year too. Yeah. yeah. We're booked till 2022. So yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's the way I like my schedule to be full. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Like my stomach after eating a nice, big, delicious uh, Puerto Rican meal, full. <laughs> Yeah, more like my stomach after having a nice big juicy hot dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me. Have, have um, a good one, Larry. Later. Right. <laughs> See y'all. Later. That was an awesome interview, Joe. Right. That was so much fun, <laughs> dude. He told so much stories. He and the, and like I said, this interview was legendary. Yep. So. We will be back here tomorrow. Don't forget, fans, for our debut episode, you can witness history for the Popcorny Podcast. The debut episode tomorrow with Nick Lane and uh, shit. <laughs> Nick, Nikki and her husband. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And so, uh, remember, yes. guys, also like, share this podcast, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitch. Follow us on everything. Everything. So we will see you at the theater tomorrow.